Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Hired Geek Podcast, episode number 57 with Tara Gaboa, a good friend of mine. Uh, we overlapped uh, when she worked at Noodle Partners, where I am now. Um, she has since left, continued to do great things, but uh, wanted to bring her on to the podcast because I believe she just uh, so perfectly fits the bill of a higher ed geek. Um, she's really engaged and connected to this work, uh, comes at it kind of more from the instructional design, learning development sort of side of the house. But uh, yeah, always appreciate her insight and her enthusiasm and uh, just genuine care uh, for this work and um, all that she does to invest in it, especially out in her community there in Colorado. Uh, so please do connect with her, uh, find her uh, in everything that she mentions down in the show notes. Uh, and without further ado, this is episode number 57 with Tara Gilboa. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you uh, jumping on for this and uh, making some time for the show. And uh, I've been looking forward to, to chatting a little bit more. And I think, yeah, we'll just start out uh, as we always do with guests to have you introduce yourself uh, and give you, give like a brief overview of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today, which I feel like will probably be an interesting story because you've done some very <laughs> pretty cool uh, different things and stuff. And we, we overlapped, obviously, for a bit of it. But um, yeah, just kind of start us off with, uh, with yeah that introduction. Sure. Um, my name is Tara Gilboa. Uh, how to summarize my professional journey. Um, I'm an educator by training, first and foremost. Now I'm more working in learning design and research, but um, I started off as a classroom teacher. Uh, I went to uh, undergraduate in at Oberlin in Ohio. And while I was there, I joined a program called the CITES program, Spanish in the Elementary Schools. And I had the honor of teaching first, fourth, and fifth grade Spanish. Mm. So everything kind of kicked off there. And I meandered through both K-12 and higher ed, teaching um, primarily Spanish. And then a couple years ago, moved more into professional development um, and doing trainings and integrating technology into the classroom and different learning experiences. And um, yeah. That's kind of a short synopsis of where I've been, but uh, can speak about more experiences in more detail if need be. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think we'll kind of go through uh, chronologically a little bit of this stuff here because I think, sure. you know, because I know you're in Colorado now, you went to college in Ohio, and I think, you know, sometimes it's interesting, obviously, you're still kind of like in and around like higher ed, so that's you know, kind of the, the higher ed geeky stuff, like kind of doing both the uh, both sides of it and how they like kind of uh, combine and such. But um, so, you know, like your origin story, you know, you got your start and uh, they're an undergrad. Like, do you feel like there's something about that college experience? Like obviously at least just like preparing you for your future career or maybe even something else kind of like tangential of like people you met or just like life lesson. Like what do you feel like resonates for you in terms of your college experience that has like kind of led you down this path or at least like helped you along it, if not, you know, obviously like directly correlated to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for me, it was kind of between, you know, transitioning from Oberlin to, I lived in Germany for a year after I graduated and mm. worked at Erfurt University and also for um, a language company called Berlitz. And I spent the whole, well, part of the summer of that transition just diving into the fourth grade curriculum redesign for for the public schools there. Um, this was for the Spanish curriculum and it was really important for keeping their IB status um, recognition, the language program component that is. And I was just obsessed. Um, 
I went through the entire program and was meeting with the teachers in doing this redesign and trying to integrate it more closely with what students were experiencing throughout the year as well because it was an immersion Uh um, approach. Um, So that was definitely pivotal for me. It was my first time in doing like a curricular redesign and that was at a pretty pivotal transition as well. Um, And so that teed me up really nicely for showing up in Germany and meeting Barbara Kunste, who worked at the university randomly uh, in a library and like going through a portfolio through of design projects and and starting off there in higher ed and working with her. Uh Well, I guess, do you think then that like there was like a fork in the road or anything in terms of like, obviously, this like really solidified, like a big interest area for you that you've really like you know, just uh, immerse yourself in now for the past several years and stuff like that. Like, is there anything else that you feel like you would have done in terms of like, if that was like really pivotal for you of like, oh my gosh, like this is super engaging for me, like really interesting and um, that sort of thing. Like, you know, for me, like, and I talk with a lot of people where it's like, if there's at least generally an education, again, you had that experience as well, like going through like K through 12, like I thought it was going to be a high school history teacher, but I kind of have the (laughs) fork in the road of like, do I really want to do like my entire senior year as student teaching and then you know, yeah. really kind of be limited in terms of options there, decided to go the higher ed route. But yeah, was there like other options that you considered at least like education wise or otherwise, I guess someone's just out of curiosity. For me, I think it kind of all rolled into one thing rolled into the next pretty naturally. Uh-huh. I definitely, um, well, it's just reflecting back on undergrad. Oh, so long ago now I studied abroad twice. I uh-huh. spent about half a year in Mexico and another half of a year in Spain and so there was a big part of my like emerging identity where I was so fascinated and interested in cultural anthropology and immersing myself in other cultures and learning more languages and kind of the impact of what cultural anthropology could do for education and educational systems and how that interplayed and just doing more research and less design. But this was this was a flickering moment. Mm. Well, I guess, yeah, if it's always, like, realizing, you know, maybe, like, subconsciously for a long time, like, yeah, like, a lot of things you've done, it's just, like, how do people learn? How can we facilitate better learning environments? And, like, you know, having this epiphany at a pivotal moment, maybe, where it's, like, wow, this is really something that I want to, like, purposely pursue or something if before maybe it was just kind of, like, the wind's kind of taking you in direction. You're kind of just, like, okay, you know, I'm not fighting it. You know, I'm just kind of going with it. But um, after a certain point, like, it kind of compounds and, you know, kind of actively pursuing new opportunities in that area, I guess. But so I guess then that, that segues perfectly of like, you know, this is your world now working in, you know, education, learning and learning development, design and all that. Like, like, what do you enjoy most about it? Like specifically, like, what do you feel like keeps resonating with you that, you know, through the tough times, like continues to carry you through, I think, <laughs> you know, just education in general can be something that a lot of people put a lot of their like, you know, emotional energy into, they care a lot about. And obviously it's a good thing, but you know, it can also be, difficult work at times because it's not often you know purely exact science as much as we're developing it a lot more that way but um yeah like what what do you enjoy most about it like what keeps you keeps you inspired keeps you motivated for sure um i've been thinking a lot more about that recently actually um so the last couple of roles and ways that i've plugged into kind of the education ecosystem at least here in colorado has been in higher ed at cu boulder and then school of mines and I was doing more like academic technology redesign type things at um, Colorado School of Mines. I was helping with the transition to Canvas. 
Um, and I had one relationship with Dr. Greg Rulofsson actually helping him rethink and redesign his kind of intro to humanitarian engineering course. And relationships have been really pivotal for me and getting into the weeds of a project um, and helping understand <clears throat> what is really learner-centered and what are students going to get out of this. Um, so that's probably like a taste of what I've seen in moments in higher education that have been motivating for me personally. Um, and currently, I'm really jazzed and motivated by the human-centered design approach to redesigning learning. It's been what's keeping me going for sure. Um, I taught at Peak to Peak, and I've been in the classroom, and I've immersed myself in instructional design, and I've taste tested a lot of different ways to bring innovation to programs and put kind of students first and the student experience first. And um, yeah, I uh, get pretty jazzed every day to follow a process that I really believe in that I think has some uh, tangible impacts for programs and students and faculty alike. So mm -hmm. that's definitely kicking me off into this year. Yeah, very cool. Um, well, yeah, and I think that's like a thing in terms of like now, like there's a lot more opportunities and something I've tried to encourage people is kind of open their mind to different opportunities within higher education, you know, like different organizations and trying to figure out like kind of the kind of Goldilocks of like, oh, okay, this is like too much of this or not enough of that. <laughs> like so sometimes just like it's your team, it's the culture or if it's like, you know, those sort of things. But then like, yeah, like what what is sort of like the philosophy or the values of the organization or how they do their work and that sort of thing. So, you know, yeah, it's good like feeling like you're kind of landed right now in a place where that aligns better. And um, I think, uh, yeah, it's interesting too, just knowing like for yourself that for sure. uh, like, yeah, like knowing that, or like knowing what you're looking for, but then also respecting so much about like the the people and like the community and and those sort of things mattering because that can kind of be like more evergreen, no matter like where you are and what you're doing. It's like, well, I've always got this community of people and you know my network that will um, help challenge me, help help me learn and grow and meet other people, and you know they may help find the next opportunity if you needed it or something like that. So. Um, because I know, too, like, you've done that a little bit in terms of, like, really engaging with some of the community that's there in uh, Colorado and stuff, too, right? I, I, I don't totally. know if you want to talk a little bit about that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, outside of work life, I put a lot into volunteering in my community. It's just, it's been like, what if, I, if I'm not working on projects or with, like, family and friends and or biking or something, I'm constantly volunteering and I've been involved with um, Boulder Startup Week for three years now, kind of being a co-captain of the education track. Uh -huh. And we're gearing up in May to put on five more events um, that kind of will showcase or rather be a taste test of the education ecosystem out here in Colorado. So Graham Foreman and I are trying to involve a variety of startups, nonprofits, foundations, investors, just all these different members who contribute to the possibility of innovation in education um, across Colorado and the U.S., really. Um, so it's a labor of love to put that on, um, but it's great to involve as many people as we can. And um, we're excited this year for sure to 
kick off the week with a little bit of networking, but then also have a early childhood education event all the way through the post-secondary great education debate should be fun. Yeah. Um, and just really bring people together around with all these different perspectives for what's it looking like to innovate in education around Colorado K-12 and higher ed. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, yeah, like, and it's nice, like, if it's stuff, it's like, like, I'd probably be going to this anyway. Like, if it was just an event, that's what I was like, and I'm happy to help, you know, like, I'd be there anyway, you know, help do what you can to, you know, help make it better and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, because I think that's something I've recognized now, like, I've kind of bounced around living in different areas, but like, enjoying where I am now and trying to to find and maybe if at a certain point it's like I can't find it then build what I feel like I should have you know yeah like um so it's the idea of like being in a place that I feel like yeah I I enjoy but also like it's kind of maybe primed for um like a good like higher ed community and this sort of thing so yeah just uh appreciate you you know putting in the effort and energy for that uh it's definitely important um well, I guess, I mean, you, again, I think it, I've kind of resonated lately with like, you know, uh, the guests that I'm bringing on, like I always try to find people who I feel like are like higher ed geeks, like they geek out about oh, higher yeah. ed and all that kind of stuff. So I, I definitely feel like you fit that bill really well. Um, and I think it's clear that you are very, you know, very thoughtful and engaged in uh, this stuff professionally. But I don't know if there's other stuff that maybe is not related that is that is helping you inspire you in your work um, or anything like that. But I mean, like, just like, what are you geeking out about currently? Like, it can just be non sequitur, like stuff personally that you do in your free time or stuff that is kind of like helping to inform your worldview or, you know, any of those sort of things. You know, like sometimes I'm reading like a lot of nonfiction books that are not higher ed related yeah. explicitly, but just sort of inform me being a human. But um, totally. so, yeah, I don't know what what's kind of capturing your attention. I'm geeking out about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I'm geeking out about like work work wise, like doing more empathy interviewing and user research for designing programs. Mm-hmm. I am geeking out on this book called Range that I started reading recently. Geeking out about let's see. I'm starting to geek out with my friend Katie O'Block for our uh, post-secondary great debate events, trying to bring in someone from CU Boulder and someone from Galvanize and Guild and just a variety of different organizations that are uh, changing or influencing what post-secondary options look like in Colorado and otherwise. And we're having a lot of fun uh, trying to think about what could this debate look like? Is it going to be primary style, like a caucus or something? We're not really sure, but it's uh, definitely going to be a fun time. I'm definitely geeking out about cleaning up my little condo and making it epically organized. But that's just, I think, a constant life journey as I look around here. Right, right. Um, All those things. Yeah, which I feel like yeah, I'm always doing. I'm just like I'm always looking at myself like, do I need this? Can I get rid of it? Can I donate it? Because like, um, <laughs> well, yeah, plants part, do I need? Right, right. Like realistically, you know, yeah. Because, um, yeah, well, sometimes it's like, you know, you're not like doing without sometimes it's just like you get rid of things to make room for the new things versus like having to try to cram you know where it's like oh i know i need new shirts it's like well before i get new ones let me like you know get rid of some old ones or whatever um but uh well i guess i'm curious too like any of those things because like obviously like on a broader scale it's really like your community building and engaging with the community that's related to your professional life but i'd imagine helping to do any of these things is like nurturing a very different skill set 
sort of, you know, like then what your day-to-day work would be doing of like putting on a large scale event that is like a conference with different tracks and trying to make sure that like, you know, the, that, that kind of runs well, like event planning or, um, you know, any of that sort of stuff or, yeah, like organizing a debate, like that's like a very different thing than you might be doing. So like, how do you see any of those things that you do on the side, maybe like just adding to your life? Obviously, again, we've kind of spoken about the community and the value of that, but like doing event planning or something, you know, like has that been like an easy journey or just anything you've learned from that? Or just, I don't know, just speaking anything to that, I guess like the side projects and how they've like positively contributed to your life. I think one thing that's taken me by surprise in terms of putting together some more community centered events and also running a meetup um, as well is I've just connected with people who I've been able to like help and give back to. And that's something that I didn't, you know, automatically think, oh, of course, this is an outcome of doing these things. But um, I don't know, almost daily or at the very least weekly speaking with someone who's trying to plug in or do something next, just always connecting people has been really beautiful in a different way of, um, I don't know, something that I didn't think would be part of like my daily or weekly ritual, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so constantly connecting with people I've spoken with like two women who are moving to the Denver area um, coming up and they come from different education fields and want to plug in here and just hearing their stories and taking the time to listen to them and thinking about how they can contribute and where they can plug in and what intro email I can write for them has just been has been nice Yeah. well yeah, yeah even just like yeah, like making that introduction, like you might not be any like obligated anything more than that, but it's like that can be hugely impactful, like and really helpful, especially like yeah. somebody coming to a new city and they don't know anybody, and you know, uh, helping with that and stuff. Yeah. So, well, I guess I'm curious just to clarify too, because like, so you uh, were in Ohio for undergrad, and then yep. you worked abroad after that, and then Germany for a year, yeah, and then you came back and you did your master's in Colorado. Like, was that what yes. sort of like brought you here and you stayed since then? Yeah, I um, so I went to Germany for a year. I needed a third language for a master's in linguistics. Um, I actually started out in the linguistics department and switched to the Spanish department. Um, it was a cheaper because it was a full ride, and I got to teach. I got to teach undergraduate um, classes for a couple semesters, and I loved that and really missed being mm. in a classroom with students. Um, And so uh, graduate school brought me back to Colorado. I also have some family out in Denver. And I stuck around. I love the state. Yeah. I I visited Denver uh, last year. It's very beautiful out there. I I hope to come back again. um, You you must. You must come visit. Because I didn't even get up to Boulder, really. Like I just did stuff kind of like in downtown Denver because I was just – I had to work a little bit while I was there. But um, So, yeah, I've only heard great things. Um, Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess my, my point in asking that, I was like, I was just clarifying, I guess, like the full chronological story, but then also like, yeah. I mean, you had, I guess, like family and those sort of things. Like, do you feel like your transition helped inform, like trying to help other people with their transitions to that area? Cause like you had, like you literally did the journey that other people are doing now that you were helping them with. Like, does that come up at all, I, I guess, in terms of like being, being that helper? I mean, I think what I've been sharing with people who are, kind of making the transition or like looking to come to Colorado or figure out where to plug in. It's been more helpful just 
that I've been actively volunteering in part of so many communities and just trying to give back in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, also between leaving Peak to Peak and starting at CU Boulder, I attended my first um, Startup Week in Education, and that was without a doubt pivotal for me because it was my first professional development moment where I was in a room not just with educators, but with educators, technologists, developers, designers, all trying to create innovative solutions over the course of 58 hours to impact education and that that world even existed Mm -hmm. while I was a classroom teacher or that type of professional development existed, I didn't didn't even know. Um, And so that's kind of carried me forward for sure into... Uh, why I've plugged in in this way and how I think about those conversations with people like less my own journey. I felt it was more almost, I don't know, a little bit haphazard and random. Went to Germany, loved it, wanted to do a graduate degree, didn't really know what I was doing except that I wanted to study language acquisition and pedagogy and read and write about it and just like nerd out about it. I definitely geeked out on second language acquisition as it Mm -hmm. relates to pedagogy in higher ed for a number of years before getting hooked on design and how design relates to education. And I guess, that, I mean, that makes sense too, where it's like, not as if it was like, oh, this like arduous journey, or like, I know how hard <laughs> a transition can be. It's like, because I think yeah. transitions can be difficult. Oh, can absolutely. very much vary by person. But sure. I think the idea that like, you must like don't want to keep a secret kind of thing. It's like, hey, I found these communities that are just really great. And hey, you're a person that's, you know, doing this work please like join these community, you know, like you can kind of vouch for them and speak to the, uh, to the experience and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, almost more just like that courtesy or that obligation to, you know, spread the word. Um, yeah, but that's great. Um, so I guess, you know, you mentioned, um, a book at least that you were, uh, reading or, uh, anything else that you want to mention though, like that you, uh, just like classics for you, you know, like must reads or just stuff that's capturing your attention right now, just specifically like anything that you want to kind of just name drop so we can include uh, in the show notes of yeah, stuff that you are reading, sure. reading, watching and or listening to. Well, a classic is The Flat World in Education by Linda Darling Hammond. read that one in undergrad. Um, I don't know if range is actually out yet. What is it? Is it March still? Yeah, we're still in March. So I tweeted at the author, David Epstein. He also wrote a book called The Sports Gene, and I think he has a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. And it kind of, you know, doesn't exactly totally, well, it goes a little bit against Malcolm Gladwell and 10,000 hour rule and some of those things talking about what it takes to become really successful and love what you do type of book with lots of different stories spanning musicians to athletes to you name it. Um, But I tweeted at him because I really needed to read it because I'm someone who just loves going across different barriers to bring information together to learn and like do projects. And he writes about it and it's really, it's been good for me, but also just a really well-written book. Um, Yeah. Range by, David Epstein. I think oh. it should come out soon. Yeah, at least people yeah, can pre-order it or something. Yeah, we can like link out to it. Advanced yeah. copy, and I'm really grateful. Yeah. It's been a great read. Um, yeah, well, we'll at least link out to it if people want to like pre-order or something. But absolutely. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that's important though. I think like increasingly, like 
I think that way too of like how can we kind of like mash up or combine things or just like work together across those lines of like yeah my other must read is um originals by adam grant and actually give and take by adam grant for something complimentary to Brene's Brene brown's work especially i was um listening to daring greatly earlier today and thinking about I don't know, back to Adam Grant's give and take. Also a really good one for kind of like organizational culture and would be good for higher ed as well. Mm, yeah. And so I guess you're, you're an audiobook person, I take it, if you're listening to the video. Yeah. Um, On airplanes, for sure. Mm. I'd like, I don't know, I do love the paperback. I definitely can't do, what's it called, like Kindle? Mm-hmm. I can't do that. My dad keeps telling me I need to do that. I'm like, just no. I like paperback and um, I like audiobooks and podcasts too, of course. Like any uh, podcast that you'd like to recommend? Uh, Adam Grant's Work Life. <laughs> Adam Grant. Yeah, <laughs> the Holy Trinity of like, Adam Grant. Three different things. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Anything. Adam Grant. Um, yeah, I think I've listened to a couple episodes of that one, but um, yeah, I mean, he, he he knows his stuff. I'll give him that. I mean, he, yeah. he's 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 got it down, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, cause I think that's the idea though, is that like a lot of it maybe is like, oh, it's, or people might assume it's really just only for people that work at a company or in, in business, like business people or something. But it's oh, like, no. a lot of it doesn't form just cause it's like, we're all humans existing in these systems and structures. So it's like, it can often be yeah, like how to be a better human or just more fulfilled or, um, Adam yeah. Grant's, um, originals for higher education leaders, I think is would be exceptional. I mean, he does go into kind of near the end. It was a while ago when I read it. Um, a little bit about parenting with young children. But even the first kickoff story when he himself was a teacher and was thinking about, oh, these kids who want to start Warby Parker and just how he uses his own reflection and takes you through the metacognition of like how he was evaluating, investing and turned them down because, you know, they were still in school, leaving school, getting new jobs, and they were through this whole transition period, and they didn't seem like they 100% had their heart in it, but they were just really balancing um, their decision wisely and how those students to young professionals were really solving a problem and really evaluating and validating it. Just some of these stories that are across genres and across disciplines I think could never be more important for higher education in today's world. It's so messy and all the transitions that a higher ed is going through are so messy. And there really truly are some new forms of education, I think, that are competing with and more learner centric than how higher ed has been set up traditionally. And I think it's really real right now and all of those things are changing. And so it's important to kind of like read and collaborate across disciplines to help understand what it means to be in the innovation age and what it means to be in the information age and just everything happening. It's fascinating and exciting, but all the more relevant if it's not relevant or you don't think it's relevant. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's on my list. Like I, I've been, and people have recommended it on the podcast a lot. And I just like, oh yeah, yeah. So I think I like I Cheers have it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like I I usually read stuff on my uh, my iPad. So like I, I I have it like downloaded. I just haven't gotten nice. to it yet. But 
um it's awesome. Like I'm like one of the like I read a lot like of articles and stuff, but like sitting down and like reading a book, I, I'm just like awful about it of making time for it and stuff. And I no. you know I end up doing it like you know maybe like on a plane or something where it's like oh I can't really do too much else. You know maybe I didn't download something to watch or whatever. It's like okay I can you know kind of like a I couple hours left or la- yesterday at seven thirty a.m. and got home at seven p.m. and I was so tired and I was like you know that newly 30 year old being like yes gonna get in bed by 9 30 it's so excited mm-hmm. i'm going to read for just a little bit before i go to sleep yeah. i was thrilled um, and exhausted but, <laughs> yeah. yeah well then that's almost i think like sometimes it is like strategic of like oh like you know reading puts me to sleep sometimes you know so that's part of the problem <laughs> but it's like okay well yeah try to at least read like a chapter before bed or something it's like and you will eventually get through the book like you know like oh, I, a I couple just don't, pages you know, a chapter yeah. Yeah. whatever whatever it takes yeah uh, yeah just kind of piece by piece but um so I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll wrap up here uh, as we always do. I always like to kind of end things on a positive note, an optimistic note. Uh, so what uh, what is something or are some things that you are looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world? So it can be any yeah. one of those categories or all of them, each of them. You know, yeah. I'm looking forward to long, epic bike rides in summer across Colorado, always. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm also... Just like work-wise for myself right now, really excited about the impact um, with a project for Code for America, where we are helping to look at how people are filing their taxes and getting certain tax credits in Colorado and what it might mean to build or design something to help people learn and navigate that process much more effectively and get the money back that they deserve. And that for me has just been an amazing experience, an example of how going through the human-centered design process can really build a program or a tool or whatever the learning solution is that will impact people's lives and really change them for the better. And so I'm excited to like, honestly, just honored to be a part of that and see what happens with our research and our program. So that's been epic for lack of a more professional world <laughs> yeah well then that's like i think a lot of people are starting to kind of like you know get the dust out of their eyes but you know like the idea of like realizing how purposefully opaque filing taxes are here and that it like <laughs> doesn't have to be that way because other places have like easily figured out where it's like okay it's automated or done for you and you just kind of have to like verify it that it's correct or at least like you know you're not paying for it or whatever you know like it's just, you know, there's now just been this whole industry built around, like, being like, oh, it's super complicated, like, pay us and we'll do it for you. But if it's like, okay, yeah, like, a lot more places are trying to build free tools to, uh, you know, just provide accessibility for more people to, you know, properly follow their taxes, get what they're owed, you know, like, that sort of yeah. thing. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's valuable. Because it's like, it, it could seem like a simple thing, but it, it would have very meaningful results kind of, you know, like... Whatever a universally designed tax filing system means feels charged, heavy, and complicated to me. But just like the process and doing the thoughtful research, that's the type of work I hope to be doing, not just in learning projects in general, but bring back to higher ed for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, Well, because, yeah, like uh, that example of like, serving the individual like serving the human versus serving the 
desires or wants or whatever of like a corporation or something you know it's like where it's like oh yeah it works great for them because you know they get people paying you know all this money to file taxes and that sort of stuff or kind of be reliant on them but um yeah at the very least it's like yeah i mean it could just be easier to do less intimidating or um i like get get people in this example kind of like what they're what they're due there but yeah i mean it's like a philosophy that could have a lot of you know meaningful implications for higher education and elsewhere. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah, I appreciate you committing to that work and uh, all the stuff that you do. And um, I appreciate you jumping on to chat a little bit for the podcast here. It's all super cool stuff. And yeah, I just appreciate how much you uh, geek out about things and geek out about these things that matter. And, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll uh, hopefully maybe see you out in Colorado or something or just Dustin, uh, yeah. for sure. You've got to come to Colorado. <laughs> um, you have to come visit and yeah. hang for sure. Yeah, have to, uh, yeah, show me around Boulder, I guess, because I, I very much enjoyed my time in Denver. If it's anything like that, or just, I mean, just being out there feels very, like, refreshing. So um, certainly recommend it for anybody who's never been. Um, uh, I was very happy that I get to spend some time out there. But yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, again, appreciate your time and uh, everything that you shared. And again, we'll have all the stuff we talked about in the show notes as, uh, as usual. But uh, absolutely. This podcast is part of the Connect EDU Podcast Network bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at connectedupod or at connectedu.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.